there everybody Angela Bowen here to bring you the next installment in the Sarah Plain and Tall movie trilogy I will be talking about and reviewing Skylark which came out in 1993 of course yes this is the sequel to Sarah Plain and Tall. It takes place two years later. I'm going to find a, okay, February 7th, 1993. Of course, this TV movie. Here's a synopsis. Jacob's farm is in trouble from a severe drought. Jacob and Sarah begin to wonder if Sarah can stay and what will happen to Jacob if she and the children have to leave the farm. This movie has a 7.2 out of 10, based on 933 ratings. Reprising their roles, Glenn Close as Sarah Whitting. Before, in Sarah Plain and Tall, she was Sarah Wheaton. Now she's Sarah Wheating. Christopher Walken as Jacob Whitting. We have Lexi Randall, again as Anna, and Christopher Bell as Caleb. We also have... Really wish I could pronounce her name, but I really don't want to mess it up. We have the actress reprising her role as Maggie, and of course, the actor John DeVries as Matthew. They have a son named Tom that was born in Sarah Plain and Tall towards the end of the movie. We also have some newcomers in this movie. We have Tressa Hughes as Maddie Wheaton, Lee Richardson as Chubb Chubbers Horatio, Lois Smith as Lou Wheaton, and Elizabeth Wilson as Harriet Wheaton. Now, you may remember in Sarah Plain and Tall when Sarah would tell Anna and Caleb and Jacob about her three aunts. We actually get to meet them in this movie. Spoiler alert. Sarah does end up taking Anna and Caleb with her to Maine. So we get to meet the three aunts, Harriet, Maddie, and Lou. And we also we get to see William again, who is played by James Rebhorn. This movie again, same director, Joseph Sargent. Writers, Patricia McLaughlin, who the characters are based on her book series. And written by Patricia McLaughlin. Which again with this, it does seem definitely the dialogue is from the movie is taken straight from the book. Looks like the filming locations, we do have Kansas. Osage City, Kansas, and then Maine. Here's a goof. And of course, I'd seen this movie multiple times. So I kind of remember the when the cow is in labor, multiple loud mooing sounds are heard, but the cow never opens its mouth. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the movies yet and you don't want to be 100% spoiled, go back and listen to my January review of Sarah Plain and Tall. In March, I will be releasing the final movie in the Sarah Plain and Tall trilogy. I will be releasing the final movie in the Sarah Plain and Tall trilogy, Winter's End. And then in April, I will be covering the two 
books of the series that were never made into movies. So you can kind of come along full circle. Alright, without further ado, let's jump into Skylark. Now, opening the movie, we do see the actors' names come up on the screen. We have the backdrop of the dust rolling in on the field. You can see it's very, very dry. We see Nick, the border collie, come onto the screen. And he is just, I mean, his tongue is like hanging out. He is just panting. Because <laughs> it's, it's summertime. It's very, very hot. Which, with summer, that's expected. It's going to get hot. It looks like there's been a lack of rain for a bit. So the crops really look dried out. The stalks of corn just look really, they're husks. They're just really dry, papery dry. I can imagine that heat. I mean, especially with dogs with black fur, like Border Collies, Black Labs. The heat is excruciating because it's just that hot sun just beating down. It's like it attracts the... This, I don't know. I don't know because I had a black, um, a black lab when I was 14, and before that I also had a black lab collie mix, and both of them just, whenever it got hot out, they'd always be on the porch in the shade on the cool cement, trying to get cool. So looks like we got a photographer out to take a family portrait of the Whitting family. Of course, while the photographer is setting the shot up, getting everyone to look in the right direction, he even has Caleb, who is sitting on the stump. The photographer's like, here, Caleb, stand up on the stump, because that way it's like it could be similar height to everyone else. And, of course, it looks like uh, Nick wants to be in the picture. <laughs> he jumps right in the frame, like, okay, me too, don't forget me. And seal of there, I'm sure, has got to be on Sarah's lap. Because it's not a picture without the pets in it. <laughs> Gotta have the pets. Just, it's such a cute picture. <laughs> Nick's actually on the porch behind Anna. Seal is on Sarah's lap. And everyone's kind of chuckling. And the photographer takes the picture when Sarah, like, turns her head to look up at Jacob. And he's smiling down at her. And it's just, it's such a good picture. I remember in the first movie when Caleb was just a little tiny guy and his head was just you know filled with curls and it looks like definitely a lot of the movie his hair is kind of <laughs> plastered to his head it's like he's got kind of a side part going on Anna's got a bow in her hair and the photographer's like oh the ants will love that picture and Sarah's like oh they hardly even know what I look like anymore the ants like well it's been what a couple years I mean I don't know how much a person can really change in two years granted it seems like people that were maybe in their 30s it seems like life was you know with it being hard and stuff especially on a farm it's like you it's almost like you age like your body just ages so prematurely like you could look you could be like in your 30s and you look like you're 55. Granted, 55 does not look like what it is today. So the photographer's like, oh yeah, that's right, you live in Maine, don't you? And I love how Sarah, Sarah's like, yet, <laughs> bringing the yet back. <laughs> and Caleb hops off the stump that he was on, and he <laughs> 
runs over to the photographer. He's like, she lives here now. He's so proud of that. Caleb is so proud of that fact. So, seems like uh, Kansas has been without rain for quite a bit because of the photographer's going on like, hey, I bet Maine is really green right now. We could really use some of that rain. <laughs> I love how Caleb, being such a curious kid, he's just hanging on the back of that guy's wagon. <laughs> the guy's putting his camera away and everything. And the guy, I believe, is from that town they um, live in. I guess he grew up there just like Jacob did. And he's, um, the photographer starts talking about a family that there's a drought just like the one they're currently going through and just how hard it was for families. And some people just, they couldn't make it. So they just packed up their stuff and they just left. And Caleb's like, well, did they ever come back? And the photographer says, nope, never did. Never did come back. Because even the photographer's like, now you remember this, Jacob. Remember when we had that drought and that family? Like, it got so hard for them and they just had no choice. But they left up and left their farm and just moved away and just, they never returned. Yeah, the guy's saying how it hadn't rained for months, you know, months. And then the, the winds came, the crops dried up, and it was just really, really bad. The guy must not be much older than Jacob is. Oh, he's talking about his grandfather packed up his family and left and never came back. And Caleb's like, they never came back? And nope, nope, they never did. And Jacob's like, you know, there'll be rain. It'll happen. You know, he's trying to stay optimistic, which is good. I mean, he's a farmer and stuff. He depends on his income comes from his crops, which most of the people there are farmers. And that's how they get their income. It's like you spend money planting the seed in hopes of when you prosper when the seed takes on you whether it's it's hay or whether it's corn or, or whatever however they make their living and everything like that and just to, it's 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 a gamble it's a gamble with the weather my dad same way his moods always depended on how the weather was you know, especially when it came to cutting hay. And he's like, I gotta rake that hay, it's gonna rain. If I don't get it, it's gonna get rained on, it's gonna get ruined. And then, you know, there there goes that money. You know, there may be years that you have a good crop of apples. And there's one year, you know, you get hailstorm or something, and it, or early frost, and it damages the apples. And then, you know, there goes the majority of the income you were hoping to, you know, bring in. Sure does look like she's really missing me right now.
I'm writing Sarah's name here. You can't even spell. So the photographer's name is Joshua. Okay, so Joshua heads out. He's got all his equipment packed up in his wagon. And Caleb asks Jacob, Papa, will you worry if it doesn't rain? And, you know, Jacob's still staying optimistic. He's like, oh, don't worry, it'll rain. I mean, we've been through this before, so it's not like he's a stranger to it not raining for, you know, a month or so on end. So, and he's like, well, we've managed before. We'll, we'll manage. That's just... That's how we do. And he, Jacob even tells Sarah, it's like, well, because she's like, I can't imagine not having rain. And he tells her, it's like, well, we're not going to leave. You know, our names are written here. That winning farm has belonged to Jacob's father and most likely his grandfather. Because I do believe when I read Winter's End, or was it in the... Anyway... Jacob's father says he grew up in that house. He grew up on that farm. So it's definitely a farm that's been in generations. So when Caleb hears Jacob say, our names are written in this land, Caleb takes a stick, goes out to, you know, into the dirt front yard, and starts writing Sarah's name. And Anna, who's getting on with, the, you know, the morning chores, probably a milking the cow, she's asking, like, what are you doing? And he looks up at her and says, I'm writing Sarah's name here. And then she, like, kind of, like, uh, whaps him up upside the head. And it's like, you can't even spell. And the thing, <laughs> we don't hear that southern draw. <laughs> From Lexi Randall as Anna. We didn't hear it in the first movie, really, but we heard it. And the first thing that came to mind, I'm like, because she was in the movie The War with Elijah Wood. It came out right around 93, 94, you know, the time of this movie. And I'm just like, that's... But then again, Lexi Randall probably grew up in the South. Okay, so it does say that she was 
born in Houston, Texas. Gotcha. And then The War came out in 1994, so a year after this movie. But I just, in that you can't even spell kind of draw that she had there that she doesn't really have for the rest of the movies. Like, <laughs> so now we go inside the house. Sarah is using a scrub brush to the floor because apparently mops haven't been invented yet. <laughs> And Anna is sweeping the floor. She must be sweeping, like, I think it's like the entry when you walk into the house. Because then here comes Jacob, been out in the barn, boots are probably filthy, making prints. And Anna's like, Papa, your boots. Caleb, of course, gets more water from the kitchen sink when they had those pumps for the kitchen sink. And... I guess. <laughs> he also has like a piece of bread or something in his mouth that he starts feeding to Seal. And Sarah kind of remarks like, I wouldn't feed her too much of your food, Caleb. She's getting fat enough as it is. And that's where Jacob brings up like, I think he's a little more than just fat, Sarah. And Sarah kind of looks at him in surprise like, what are you? And even kills it. What do you mean, Papa? And Anna catches on quick. He means kittens. Seal's going to have kittens. Yeah, Seal's going to have the next generation of cats to be on that farm. Thank you. Could be the last washing for that floor. <laughs> That's a mixed blessing. Don't feed her too much, Caleb. She's getting fat with your food. Don't feed her too much. So fat, Sarah. What? What does Papa mean? Kittens. Yeah, she does look kind of round. She ever had kittens before? No. Never. Can we keep them all? I don't know if she had them, Papa. I don't know, Caleb. I don't know the gestation of cats. Just like kittens. So Jacob asks Sarah if Seal's ever had kittens before, and Sarah's like, no, no, she's never. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Old Seal getting around, aren't you, girl? <laughs> Caleb brings up, yeah, Seal's going to have a baby. Just like <laughs> Maggie, only Seal will have lots of babies. And, of course, the question, like, oh, can we keep all of them? And I'm like, I don't see why not. They live on a farm. Just, you know, let them run the property. Um, plenty of mousers. Jacob also mentions, you know, he didn't say because of the drought, but he does say that's more than likely going to be the last time you wash the floor for a while. And Sarah's like, oh, that's a mixed blessing. Because she's doing it by hand. I'd be like, thank you. Fine. I can live with a dirty floor. Oh, my God. She's, yeah, Sarah's hand, on her hands and knees, Cinderella style, scrubbing that floor. But then again, I mean, you're you're working out in the field. You're working in the barn. You're tracking in cow crap. You're tracking in dirt. You're tracking in whatever. It's going to, and in and summer, too, when it gets hot, things start to, you know. So in the next scene, we see... Anna standing in front of a tall standing mirror 
with looks like maybe Sarah's wedding gown as Sarah comes in with some washed garment garments. Anna puts the dress on the bed and says, someday I will move to my husband's land. Yeah, okay, I got a question here. I was just thinking about that. Okay, so Sarah, you know, she, she and Jacob are married. They're going to share her bed. They're going to share his room, right? And I do believe when I watched Sarah Plain and Tall for the review, it looked like Anna and Caleb at that point were sharing a room. But now that they have that spare room free, does that mean the kids finally do get their own room? Is what I, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. And that I think maybe that probably would be. But I think they're currently... I think they gotta be... They might be in Jacob and Sarah's room. Yeah, and she is looking at the dress. Anna's saying how one day when she gets married, she'll move to her husband's land. Or basically that's what Jacob told her. So I, I think this is more for the viewers who maybe didn't catch Sarah Plain and Taller and are just like, maybe they're flipping through the channels like, oh, this looks like a good movie. So they're catching everyone up saying how, well, Sarah, that's what you did. You came from Maine to marry Papa. So it's like catching up the viewers like, this is how, even though you pretty much already got that when they're taking the picture and Joshua, the photographer, was talking about Maine. And how green it was and how Sarah came from Maine and everything. But now this kind of sets up like, oh, well, she actually lived in Maine and came here to marry Jacob. So, you know, pretty much just cementing the base work here for the story to move. Like, you got that detail? Great. Let's move on. Just getting everyone caught up. I like how in what I believe is two years time that they've really come together as a family. They just a lot more comfortable, a lot more comfortable, especially between Anna and Sarah as Anna was very, very not accepting of Sarah when she first got there, which was understandable. She was still grieving the loss of her mother. She didn't want to let anyone in, but now they definitely do. It feels like they do have a mother daughter relationship now that it's developed over the course of the two years that we didn't see between the end of the first movie and and this movie, that span of time. And Anna says, you came from Maine to marry Papa. And Sarah's like, yes, I, I guess I did. Caleb adds, you fell in love with us. And Sarah says, oh, I did that, definitely. She says, your letters, and then you, because that's how they converse, was through letters first to kind of get to know each other a little bit. And then when she actually met them, yeah, over time she did fall in love with them. And Caleb asked, did you fall in love with Papa's letters before you knew him too? I love how Sarah just kind of touches the back of her neck, just kind of recalling it, just saying, yes, I did fall in love with your Papa's letters. And she says, but it was between the lines what I loved the most. And Caleb asks, what was between the lines? And Sarah explains, you know, his life you know, was what was between the words. And she goes on to explain, and Anna kind of fills it in for her, like, yeah, sometimes Papa just isn't good with words. And Sarah tells them, you know, when I read your Papa's letters, I could see the, the farm and the animals and the sky just... You know, just picture it. 
know, and also, you know, in his letters, you know, he could see see the kids and everything. It's like, it just seems like when someone loves something so much and they write it, you know, on paper, like they're trying to, you know, tell someone. Especially, that's the thing with me. It feels like I can write so much better on paper about what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and stuff sometimes than, than how I describe something when I'm saying it. Here, Jacob off screen, say, yeah, Anna, Caleb, the cows, and Caleb is just like, oh, I don't want to go back outside, it's too hot. <laughs> but I can't imagine it's any, any cooler inside the house. I mean, they don't have any windows open, and so all the drapes are shut, and it's just like, ugh. That's the thing about the back in the early 1900s, that's what you did, you, you worked. From, you know, sun up until you're done with your chores. Really, I think Matthew and Maggie's kids, Rose and Violet, Tom's only a toddler, <laughs> are really their only closest neighbors and, and friends. So, Anna and Caleb zip out, like, alright, time to go take care of the cows. And Seal jumps onto the bed, and <laughs> how Sarah just looks at Seal, and she's just like, oh, you. She picks up Seal, and Seal's like, careful, I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh, she doesn't say that. Be gentle. I love Seal. Just her, she's such a nice, long-haired, gray cat. So beautiful. And I love Sarah's moments with, with Seal. It's like it's probably Sunday and everyone's getting out of church. Maggie, of course, is just asking how Sarah and the family is. And, of course, Caleb's like, Seal's going to have babies, lots of babies. <laughs> and Maggie's like, oh, that's big news. And, of course, Maggie lets, lets in on a little info that she has about Seal. Like, um, about the babies. I have some inside information on the baby daddy. about the weather. What if it doesn't rain, Papa? It will rain. Yes, it will. Sometimes. It's just the time before it rains that it's hard. It always is. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, Maggie says, yeah, in fact, you know, I've seen Seal at our house with Sam, the orange cat. And Sarah's like, oh, so it's Sam, huh? And Sarah says how she's surrounded by motherhood because Seal's going to be having kittens. They have a calf that's going to be due soon. Well, it is 
you know, summertime. So usually, what is it? Um, usually animals tend to give birth some, well, depending on their breeding schedules. Seems like always in the spring is when new life begins, which is kind of like rebirth. Like you have your cold winter, the hibernation, and then you have the rebirth in the spring. Granted, this is summer. And Maggie says, you know, we'll get rain. It's going to rain. I mean, the only, it just really isn't great when it's, it doesn't, you know, before it, it rains is the hard part, just trying to get through that. But even Jacob is, like, telling baby Tom, like, hey, look, are there rain clouds up there in the west? Maybe. I'm like, that baby does not care about clouds or weather or rain. <laughs> Poor baby just crying. Yeah, everyone so far is trying to stay optimistic. Um, The one key thing I do want to bring up that was mentioned that Matthew said that the church well is down a foot. And Maggie said, a foot? That's more than ours. Because every, that's where they get their water is from their own wells and everything. So if the wells start to dry up with water, it's like, now we have to find another source. Where do we go to? Do we go to the crypt, the pond, pond, or, or somewhere else to get their water? So it looks like Sarah's getting up in the morning and Jacob rushes in and says, Sarah, it's the calf. I need you. You need to hurry. Help me out. So it's okay. It looks like the calf is about to be born, but of course, Jacob's only one person. He needs somebody to hold the calf, hold the cow down while he helps pry the, the calf out of the mother cow's hoo-ha. I mean, I've seen the incredible Dr. Pole. And I've seen some cow births, you know, calf births there. It's just really, really, time is really of the essence. Because the longer the calf stays inside the cow, the more detrimental it is to the cow itself and the health. Where you could end up losing not just the calf, but the cow itself. So, yeah, Jacob's at the other end trying to get the calf out and he's having Sarah like hold the cow's head kind of down like keep her calm just you know hold on to her don't let her because the cat the cow was on its side of course that's how you're you know pulling out the calf and everything like that and Sarah's having a heck of a time just like calm down calm down it's okay it's okay and the cow's like ah, ah. the cow's like what are you doing back there <laughs> the calf is born slides right out so Jacob has successfully brought the calf out into the world and the calf is taking its first steps and I love the look that Sarah that, that, that Sarah and Jacob share with each other so Jacob and Sarah just kind of standing back watching the calf with its mother and Jacob mentions the calf's face looking as pale as the winter moon. And Sarah is just in awe as she says, you know, to think, Anna says that sometimes you're not good with words. And Jacob says, well, sometimes words just aren't good enough. So, all right, it's breakfast time and Anna's rushing down the stairs with Caleb at, why didn't you wake us up? 
And she just wants to know all the... Caleb, luckily, Jacob grabs Caleb before he rushes out the door. He's like, I don't care about breakfast. I want to see the new calf. Why don't you wake us up? What was he born? She ate your breakfast. to call the calf Moonbeam and Caleb asks if the cow if the mother cow likes her calf and Jacob's like I don't know Sarah what do you think do you think that the cow likes her calf and (laughs) Sarah's like yeah I'd say so so the kids like eat their breakfast lickety split and they're out that door faster than Jackrabbit they're so excited. I can imagine when new animals on the farm are born, it's like such a big deal, such a big thing. And so the kids are already out in the barn checking out the new calf. And Jacob heads out. And lo and behold, who's this orange cat that's come a-calling that's going into the yard? Is it Sam from Matthew and Maggie's farm? Sam the cat? coming back to check on Seal. So in the next scene we do see Jacob. He's got a handful of dirt, probably checking the dirt for moisture, but all he really sees when he looks across the field is just a dirt field. I can imagine he is starting to get a little bit worried now. Like they have gone quite a while now without rain, whether it's been a month, two months, like it's one thing to try to remain optimistic. It's another thing to eventually start. I think sometimes you can only stay optimistic for so long before doubt starts to creep in. Sarah is hanging up some bed sheets or some comforters on the line to dry. Which I'm like, it's just, those things are going to get dusty out there. They're just going to be filled with dirt. But that, just the dirt is constantly blowing. The dust. And she looks over and sees Jacob kind of uh, handling the dirt, and he just has a real discouraged look on his face. So she goes over to him and asks, where are you, Jacob? And he turns and looks, he's like, oh, I'm right here. And she's like, no, you weren't. You were, you were far away. 
how he's saying how he was thinking about back when he was a boy. And Sarah says, I miss that you being a boy. Uh, maybe she means she misses, like, his boyish personality or something to that, to that effect would be my guess. Like, more when he was more open to, you know, being... Like, when he made the... He got that hey dune for Sarah. Stuff like that. When it seems like lately he's just been really preoccupied, which is understandable, really pre preoccupied with what's going on with the no rain situation and, and the fields are starting to dry up and the crops are starting to dry up. And Sarah asks, what kind of a boy? I want to play this clip because it's just funny. I love how he says it. Bad boy. <laughs> sisters and I used to dream about a good life, riches and fine horses and buggies, but mostly we dreamed about the land. My father used to dream about the sea, as if it owned him. So Jacob gets kind of serious for a minute here when he mentions how he and his brothers and sisters used to dream about things. It almost seems like in a way when you're younger, you're, you're kind of planning out your future and whatnot. And he says they used to think about, you know, having fine horses and buggies and this and that. But mostly they dreamed about the land, probably, you know, the land being prosperous and everything like that. And... He says they used to dream about a fine life with riches and buggies and fine horses. Just it almost kind of makes me think, like, the question, like, oh, if you had, like, back in the day when you were a kid, you'd say, oh, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And just the dreams as a kid that you would have would just, now you look back on it, just seems so far out and even maybe even a little outlandish and stuff like that or even when you be planning your futures as a kid like i'm gonna marry this person we're gonna live in this type of house we're gonna have this many kids i'm gonna do this for a job i'm gonna blah 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 you know and that kind of thing and sarah says how her father used to he says my father used to dream about the sea like it owned him and jacob says it did so, in the next scene, it looks like Anna is reading a letter from one of the aunts from Maine, just kind of talking about how things are going in Maine, they got a lot of rain, it's really, you know, it's, you know, being by the sea, they're getting that wind and everything like that. 
Yeah, Anna's reading the letter, and the aunts are mentioning how there was a storm, and the shingles from the port went to sea. I'm guessing, when they say port, what does that mean? Like, are they referring to a shed, their house? I don't know. I don't know. But just the way, this is their entertainment, guys. They didn't have TV back then. So getting letters from family members, especially ones that are well in another state that are in a current drought like they are there like oh they got a storm they got rain <laughs> and caleb mr thousand questions is like what does that mean went to sea and sarah's like oh it means it blew into the sea the shingles blew into the sea and i love how anna just looks up and narrows her eyes at caleb like can i continue please thank you Every time you ask a question, I lose my place. <laughs> Guess one of the ants lost their hat, the one with the bird on it. And Caleb is like, a real bird? No, Caleb. It was a fake. It was not real. It was fake. But then again, I mean, Caleb's eight. Of course he's got questions. He doesn't know anything about me other than what Sarah has told him and what they get from the letters. They, they know that Maine is green. They have a sea, sometimes they get rain, there's wind, there's fish and boating and all that, you know, that's pretty much the gist of it. And just as Anna's mentioning about getting, you know, Maine, they're getting two inches of rain over there while everyone here in Kansas is like in drought city. And <laughs> Anna's like, again, Caleb, can I please keep reading this letter? It's going to be dark out by the time I finish. So it looks like maybe Jacob is fixing a, a bridle for one of the horses or a bit. And Caleb's kind of sitting, sitting on his lap, which that's going to be kind of hard. <laughs> You're holding your kid and trying to work on something at the same time. So here's where we pick up on... Two inches of rain, which was measured in a glass. And Caleb's like, a glass? A glass to measure the rain? He's never heard of it. It's just, my dad, I think my dad used to do that. Like, one of the poles out in our yard that had a light attached to it, I swear he had, there's like a small little ledge on it or a little itty-bitty platform thing. And I think he had a glass there. To measure the rain. The look that Anna and Sarah share with each other as Caleb's like, a glass? A glass to measure the rain? The, you, you can tell just by their look. It's like, oh, don't mention the R word in front of your dad. Because they've been without it for quite a while. And just the idea that someone's getting buckets full of rain. It's like, must be nice. So Jacob's like, Sarah, what about your letter? And she's like, oh, it's just about the weather. And we've already heard that from the other letter. And, you know, painting William's boat. And Jacob's like, well, why don't you read it? It's like, we're all just sitting here. I mean, we don't have a television or a radio. You may as well, you know, regale us with the happenings of Maine. We're just sitting here. So I think if they got a letter from the aunts, and the from um, Maddie and uh, Meg and what was that? Was Hattie? Was I can't remember. 
sure. Oh, well. So, Sarah, I think she didn't want to read it because it's still probably talking about rain and how, like, oh, the grass is really green. We've mowed it, like, several times. And clearly, we're getting a lot of rain. It's like, why are you doing this to yourself, Jacob? You're torturing yourself hearing about all this rain that Maine is getting and you're not. Or, uh, she's mentioning um, in the letter how it says the trees are really lush. It'll be beautiful in in autumn. Oh, it's from Maddie. Okay. She must have skipped over the section about painting William's boat. So she already read the letter. So she must have been just rain. Oh, I can't read that part. Oh, here we go. Oh, grass is green. Mowed it like three times already in the last two weeks. Can't talk about rain. What else can I talk about? <laughs> Censoring the letter. I'm going to be the first to admit this, and I'm just thinking of it just now. Remember how I said I used to watch the first and second movie at the video store after 9 o'clock? For whatever reason, I had developed a little itty-bitty crush on Christop Christopher Walken. Don't ask me why. I don't know. It just happened. So, of course, being in a video store, I was like, okay, let's see some of other Christopher Walken's other movies. Oh, here's The Deer Hunter. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. I don't know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> so, Sarah's looking at Jacob when she finishes reading the letter. And, of course, Maddie wants them all to come out to Maine and visit. <laughs> Interesting how that was put. Because the uh, foreshadowing. And, of course, Caleb, you know, Jacob takes Caleb, put, takes him off his lap, goes over the door, says, hey, it's going to be a beautiful sunset tonight, and he just, you know, walks outside. You see why she probably didn't want to read that letter and mention, you know, ugh, like kicking you when you're down. Of course, Caleb's like, a glass to measure the rain? Like, yes, Caleb, you've covered that already. We know. A glass to measure the rain. It's cuckoo bananas. And there was a store that Maddie says. The shingles from the park went to see my hat. What does that mean? Went to see. Means they blew into the sea. My hat went to see too. The one with the bird on it. And two inches of rain. bird. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Oh, yeah, Maddie would miss that hat. Two inches of rain by the glass measure. A glass? Measure the rain. That's not a bit. That's a, like a. What about your letter, yeah. Sarah? It goes over oh, the horse. Just about the weather. Painting William's boat. Read it. The grass is green, growing so tall that we've mowed like it many times already. Over. Sunset tonight. A blast to measure the rain? Yeah, wild, isn't it? So it's dark out. You can hear the cicadas. Caleb comes in with Nick. 
And Sarah's like, Caleb, what are you doing? What are you doing up? I thought you went to bed like a while ago. And he tells her, well, there is something I had to do. And she's like, all right, well, go off to bed. She's holding pregnant Seal and Seal's precious cargo. Even in the dark, that little bit of wind is picking up that dust. We see what Caleb put out there. He put out on, it looks like the fence post. He put a glass. And and, and Jacob's just looking at it and Sarah comes out onto the porch and she's kind of looking at him, kind of waiting for his reaction. Almost makes me think like maybe that glass represents like wishful thinking or maybe even a little bit of false hope. Like, but that's just Caleb. It's like the glass, you know, put the glass there so that way when it does rain, we can kind of figure out how much it is. You know, he's just being hopeful. I mean, you know, they all want rain, they need it. So the next day, Jacob's working on the windmill. And Caleb comes out there and he says, I put the glass there. And I love how Jacob kind of looks at it like, oh, yeah, there is a glass there, isn't there? And Caleb says, you know, to measure the rain when it comes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will. It's just so adorable. to be able to mop the floor. Well, they do have a little bit of water, so we're not wasting it on the floors. But we will waste it on these dead. What I think, I mean, they were flowers at one point. The ones that they probably grew the previous, two previous springs ago. And Sarah's just got this, it's bigger than a pie pan. It's almost like a saucepan. And she's just kind of putting like, you know, water. And it's like, they... Those, they look gone. They, they're, those flowers are dead. They're, yeah. I don't think that little bit of water in that saucepan is bringing those flowers back to life. Not right now, anyway. That's the thing, you know, in the spring it's nice because the grass is all nice and green, but then when you hit, like, June, July, and August, you walk around, you know, your kid, you're walking outside, you're walking barefoot, and you just the crunch, crunch, crunch of the brown grass. <laughs> I mean, I used to run around barefoot all the time as a kid, but now it's like, oh, heck no. I'm not going outside my bare feet. I might walk around, you know, inside the apartment in bare feet, which is probably not the greatest idea. But I ain't doing that as an adult, not in the city. I... Sarah's kind of checking the tops of, these aren't even flowers, they're like plants, but she's checking them for life or something. She's like pinching the tops. I'm like, sweetie, they're, they're gone. They're, they're just gone. No amount of, that little pan of water is not going to bring them back. So 
Sarah's in bed. She notices that Jacob isn't there, but she does hear some thunder. Excitedly, she jumps out of bed, goes out on the porch, sees Jacob there. She's like, Jacob, Jacob, look. And he looks at her, and she's got, she's so excited. You just see the smile on her face, like, finally, we're getting some rain. He looks at her almost like he should, he expects her to know what this is. It's just heat lightning, Sarah. That's all that it is. And just the look, the excited just drops from her face. Like, oh. And I love how Nick is just hanging out there with Jacob in the field. Not bothered by the thunder at all. I had a, um, Delilah. I had a dog that was scared to death of storms. We, you know, didn't let, you know, our dogs inside the house. But there were times that she actually would go through the screen to get into the house. And one time she actually, like, ran into my dad's room and jumped on his bed. She just, she was scared of storms. And we didn't know. I mean, that's not something when you're looking at an animal shelter, picking out a dog. All we, all, I remember, all I saw on that slip of paper other than her age was that she was a truck. It said a tr she was like a truck dog or something like that. I, I don't know. They found her on the side of the Anyway, didn't say, I mean, back then, I mean, this was 1995. I really don't know how much they were assessing dogs' personalities in animal shelters back in 1995. I mean, not nearly as much as they do now, because they run a lot of tests on dogs they bring in. Like, okay, let's see, food aggression. Are they scared of, you know, thunder? Are they scared of, you know, all these sorts of things to kind of make sure they go to the right people. So he tells her to try to get some sleep, and of course, you know, she can't sleep without her man by her side. I get it. It almost sounds like there's rain, but it's just the wind kind of going through the brush and whatnot and the dry grass. So now we're looking at their well, and unfortunately it's well below, it's a foot below what it normally should be at, which of course is not good. So Jacob tells her we have to carry river water for the animals because the animals still need, even if, you know, we're running low on water for ourselves, the animals still, you know, they need that because, you know, he's got the horses and stuff. That's his plow. That's his farm equipment is the animals and, you know, their milk is, you know, the cow. So they got to make sure they're hydrated. He also mentions we need to watch out for fires. That's another thing with the, you know, it being so dry and there's no rain, just anything is gonna set something on fire. So he also tells Sarah we gotta measure out our own water. She's like, well, yeah, we're doing that. And he's like, well, then we gotta use less than what we're normally using. So they gotta ration their water. It's not like they can go to the town store and pick up bottled water or anything like that. Alright, looks like we're headed into town and Sarah's gonna get a surprise when she's goes into uh, the, the country store to pick up some supplies. You know, the one thing I like about Sarah is she is very, very positive. She's very, very optimistic. She is a glass half full, not a glass half empty kind of person. So she goes into the country store to pick up things. We see a bunch of ladies crowded around this one lady who's very visibly upset. Turns out 
due to the drought and everything and the fields aren't giving them what they need, you know, for profit, that they're going to have to pick up and they're going to have to go somewhere else and settle for now. And Sarah gets irritated. Like, you can't just leave. You know, we'll all work harder. You know, that's all. You just don't pack, pack up and leave. Maggie, of course, has been through this. And she gets on Sarah's case like, you haven't been through this before, Sarah. You don't know how it is. It's like, don't stand there and judge the situation when you've never been in it. And I don't think we've ever seen Maggie get angry at Sarah before. Probably, I like you, Sarah, but your Pollyanna attitude kind of isn't helping the situation. So Caleb and Anna, of course, they want to go watch the blacksmith work on stuff. And Sarah tells them, you know, to see if the bridal bit that they sent to him is ready to be picked up. So when Sarah goes into the store, she sees a neighbor, Caroline, crying. She and her husband, Joseph, are going to be moving because their well is completely dry. They can't take care of their animals. They can't, you know, water their crops. They can't, they don't even have drinking water. So they're moving to stay with some family. And Sarah just can't believe it. She's like, pack up. What are you talking about? And after Caroline leaves, which it's nice enough that the store owners say, no, we don't want to take your money. Just you, you, you take what you need and Yes, you, you take care of you, basically. So, after Caroline leaves, because even, even as Caroline's leaving, she says, Joseph says we'll be back, but I know we won't. And she's just crying, and, oh, it's horrible. And Sarah hasn't been in Kansas very long. She's been there, what, maybe a year, year and a half, two years, two, two years tops, I'm going to say. And she just can't fathom. Like, I don't see how someone could just pick up and leave after everything they've worked so hard for. And Sarah's even saying, you know, we, Maggie, we could all help, help them. You know, we could help haul water and stuff like that. And Sarah's just trying to think of solutions to, like, so that way someone else doesn't have to move. Like, you know, we'll, we'll take care of each other and stuff. And the look on Maggie's face is she's really trying not to get angry at Sarah. But she eventually reaches a boiling point and lashes out. Yeah, she's just, I don't see how anybody can just give up and, and leave everything you've worked for. And Maggie's like... She says, you haven't been in this kind of trouble before, Sarah. You don't know how hard it is. So clearly, Maggie and Matthew have been through this before. Jacob even says, you know, we've been through it before. We'll just write it out like we always do. And Sarah kind of looks around at the other uh, shoppers in this little country store. And they're all kind of looking at her accusingly like, yeah, you don't know how it is because you're not originally from here. So don't stand there and judge us and tell us that we're giving up and we're not working hard enough. 
But uh, the postmaster, the, the woman there's got some letters for Sarah, so that's that's a nice little bright spot. Oh, it says general store post office on the outside. Okay, so Maggie does take Sarah outside. And it seems like right away Maggie's like, I'm sorry I spoke too harshly back there. And we see Maggie taking Sarah by the hand and just guiding her away from the store, like somewhere where they can have a private conversation. And we see Matthew and Jacob kind of standing um, by Jacob. Jacob's standing by his wagon and Matthew's kind of standing on that, uh, by that railing there, by that feed store or whatever that is. And they're just kind of like, okay, what's going on here? And after Maggie apologizes for, you know, speaking so sharply to Sarah, and Sarah says, well, I'm just used to making things right, you know, making things work. And I, <laughs> Maggie's like, I know, I know, I know that's, that's your thing, that's what you do. And Maggie tells Sarah the land comes first, it always does. And Sarah's like, what do you mean? I don't understand. And Maggie tells her, without the land, there's we don't have anything. It's like they live, die, and breathe by the land. I mean, that's why the weather can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. Because everything, all the money you put into it, when you put into the land, it's just the weather's solely deciding whether or not you're going to be able to have money to, you know, buy what you need. You know, maybe one of your plow horses is foundering and you need to get another one. Well, you don't have any money. you got to have to wait till the crop comes in to be able to, you know, sell your crop and have money coming in to be able to buy a replacement horse or whatever it is you need. And Sarah says, that's just, that's wrong. And Maggie's like, maybe, but that's just the way it is. Sarah, of course, is looking at her letters, noticing she's got another letter from the ants and saying how they write me all the time. I can depend on them. I can count on them. She says, I can count on them, you know, like the sun rising and setting, like the tide going in and coming out. Now this, okay, the next thing she says, and I, like I said, I've watched this movie umpteen times, and I never really caught on till now what she's saying she says i'm gonna dry up like the land before and maggie's like before and sarah's like nothing and now i'm like okay thinking if you've seen the movie you know the end results there's something that she's referring to like she's She's going through something with it that's going to come up with an end result. But uh, she's worried that, you know, with the lack of water and everything, like her body's going to dry up before she gets a chance to, you know. So. so Maggie and Sarah watch on as Caroline and her husband Joseph and their one child. Well, they only have one because their wagon is so filled with stuff. It's got a large cabinet. It's got a table and chairs. Whatever most likely can hold. Good morning, Mrs. Pogsley. <laughs> 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 Maggie? 
can we do? There's nothing to do. Joseph says we have to pack up. Pack up? Where will you go? They have fun. No, no, I won't take money, Caroline. I won't forget. some other way. We could help haul water, Maggie. We could all work harder. I mean, you just don't leave everything you, you worked for, your home. I mean, I don't see how anybody could, how can anybody just give up? You've never been in this kind of trouble before, Sarah. You don't know how hard it is. Everyone's just looking at her like, yeah, you don't know. You're still an outsider. These are for you, Sarah. Yay! More letters and bills. used to making things right, making things work. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the land comes first. Uh, it always does. What do you mean? Without the land, there is nothing. I can count on them, you know, like the sun rising and setting, like the tide going in, coming out. I'm going to dry up like the land before. Before. So Jacob and the family, they're headed back home from town and Jacob mentions how he's got good news and Sarah's like, what good news? And Jacob says, well, Maddie wrote to me, you know, her aunt, aunt Maddie, and said that Sarah's birthday, oh, she wanted to rem remind Jacob that Sarah's birthday is coming up. <laughs> and Sarah's like, oh, she did not. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> So he's kind of joking with her, saying, oh, what would you like? Silk? Jewels? Travel? <laughs> uh. And Sarah kind of laughs it off. <laughs> Travel? Where would I go? And Jacob's like, somewhere green. I think this is foreshadowing what's to come in a bit.
And he had somewhere cool. And she looks at him with a serious face. She's like, do you really think I would leave? Of course, Jacob doesn't have an answer to that. Now, this city may be a small city, but it's got, it's got a hotel. It's not huge. It's probably a few rooms. Uh, dry goods and clothing. It says hats. Um, let's see. There's another thing. There's even a sign that says bathrooms. So, as Jacob and the family are coming back home, they see that due to no rain and just the grass being dry, it, right by the field, there's a small little fire that started up. Now, how it started up, I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see it happen. But they immediately jump into action. Like, we gotta get this fire out before it spreads to the field or it spreads to the house. Her dress is on fire. You got oh, you gotta put that out. smoke. You're inhaling that stuff. It's not good. Especially in her condition. 
<laughs> oh, Jacob, you and your words. <laughs> Again, this question that just goes unanswered. Alright, well, yeah, Sarah and Jacob, they jump right into this, you know, getting this fire put in. It's like, we gotta get it because it's, it's too close to where that field is. If it spreads to the house or the barns, the animals would be in danger. So, luckily, the fire isn't huge. They're actually able, by the time that Caleb and Anna get back with wetting those, um, sack, those, uh, those sackcloths, the fire is pretty much out. But of course, while the, Jacob and Sarah are battling the fire and being, this is the early 1900s, you know, women were wearing long skirts all the way down to their ankles, odds are, and with it being dry, it's going to catch on fire. And her, the bottom of her dress did. And luckily, Jacob noticed and, you know, was able to take the cloth that he was working with to put out the fire and wrap it around Sarah, get her on the ground to get that fire out. And, of course, he's angry. He's like, I told you not to get close. I told you to be careful. And she, of course, shouts back at him, you can't put out this fire by yourself, so stop shouting at me. So, yeah, I just, that was in the book. That was in the book. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And I like how after the fire's been up, put out and everything, and he's just kind of looking at her, and he's like, "Say, you're you're a real sight, you know that." And she's just probably thinking like, "Yeah, really, I help people out of fire. My face is, you know, sooty, and my hair's a And he's, you know, saying how she's beautiful, and he's. I love the smile that he has. He's he's so ah, and. <laughs> And, of course, this question, again, comes up. She's like, you really think I would leave? Again, he doesn't say, doesn't say anything. So, this is the big question that's kind of come up. Because there could be a chance that she and the kids may have to go. If there's no water there, there... Better if you're you're away from this right now while this is going on, and you're somewhere safe from any more possible fires going on, or you know running out of well water where they have no water and and stuff like that. So it looks like Matthew and Maggie are coming over, hanging out with the kids are hanging out. You know Violet and Rose are hanging out with Anna and Caleb and. Of course, baby Tom is there, and Sarah is shutting the blinds, the cloth, you know, drapes, not drapes, curtains, excuse me, yes, curtains, like, hey, maybe this will help, you know, close all the the light out of, uh, and I mean, poor Maggie sitting in a chair just, like, waving at, like, Something like a, almost like a paper fan in front of her face, or just something like, she is literally drenched in sweat. Oh my gosh. I, I just, I feel so bad for all of them. So, yeah, this is where Maggie and Sarah are talking about dreams. Maggie's talking about, you know, her old home, and, you know, 
where it was cool and mornings where the baby wasn't waking her up. Sarah asks, night dreams or daydreams? And of course, Caleb with his questions is asking, what's a daydream? And Sarah explains to Caleb, like, it's something that you you think about or you wish for a place or, or a thing. And you just close your eyes and just imagine it there. And it's just so close that you can touch it. I mean, I guess, I guess that could be a definition of a, a daydream. It's just, you know, letting your mind just wander away from what you're doing and just picturing yourself somewhere else or I don't know but that's what I would say a daydream is and of course Caleb is entertaining baby Tom at the table who's just sitting there playing with blocks okay it looks like uh their kitchen pump is not pumping out water that's not good because Sarah was gonna give herself a glass of water or maybe she was given a glass of water to Maggie I don't know she keeps like jamming that like uh pump like what there should be water coming out of here what the heck's going on sarah just looks like she's at her wit's end with this like oh you gotta be kidding me not right now anymore so sarah asked caleb to go out to the barrels to bring in some water I guess that's their last resort water. And Maggie asked Caleb to take the baby out to Violet and Rose. Because Caleb's only eight. That baby looks half the size of Caleb when he picks up. Oh, Maggie's got like a dish towel that she's just kind of waving back and forth trying to create some air. And Sarah's got like a little paper fan. That's her bonnet! That's not a dish towel that she's waving in front of her. Oh, okay. And Sarah's sitting back in a chair and talking about dreams. And Maggie's like, before I had my son, I had dreams. They were some of the strongest dreams. So Maggie is talking about her son and how she imagined him, you know, before he was born. And what he smelled like. His skin and, and just all this stuff. And... She starts, she, and Maggie starts to say, it's almost like, and Sarah finishes, like you knew him before he was born. And I'm going to play this clip here because I think we can all read between the lines about what's going on with Sarah. That I, yeah, I mean, yes, I've seen the movie before, I know. But we can all read between the lines that Sarah is pregnant. And real quick, you know, Sarah's talking about how when she first married Jacob, it was enough with Anna and Caleb. They were a family. And she's talking about, you know, the drought and everything going on and thinking, like, it's almost like by having a baby that could maybe kind of save things. Like She says she has this dream every night that everything would be all right if she has a baby, if she has a baby. Hear the soft sounds he made when he slept. 
back in the house and he's asking if cats dream and Sarah's like yeah I think they do and Caleb talks about his dreams where he dreams of rain and he asks Sarah do you dream of rain and she's like yeah I dream of rain and he sits in her lap and he's like good that means it'll come true I like these sweet moments between Sarah and Caleb. It's just so sweet. So it looks like they got the pictures back. Or picture. Wait, is there more than one? Did they have wallet? I don't think they had wallet sizes back then. But then again, I don't know. Nice picture. It turned out great. Jacob's sitting at the table at night, kind of admiring it. So yeah, Jacob's admiring the picture and he's talking about how like when a person goes away, it's they you know, the picture is still there to you know, preserving the memory and stuff like that. And it looks like there's some other pictures. Maybe he took um some other pictures like of them individually. Oh, because Jacob's saying when um, a person is gone, you still have the picture there. And Sarah puts a hand, her hand on Jacob's and says, I'm not leaving Jacob. And the barn door, I guess, is it's windy out there. And I guess the barn door came unlatched. So I think this is cute when they, they both take off running to the door and it's just, I don't know, it's just a moment of uh, fun and excitement or just, I just, I love Jacob and Sarah. To, it's just, it's these sweet moments between them.
Anna watching from her bedroom window. Aww. I forgot that the house has got two levels to it. Why did I think that the house only had, like, one floor to it? I don't know. But now we got the drought here, and it's not looking good. Uh, people are there with their wagons. They're trying to get water from the creek, and it there is literally next to nothing there. Yeah, there's people there. They're there with buckets, and they're filling up their barrels and stuff. So they just, at least they have drinking water. So the creek, or I don't know if this was a river at one point, or a stream, there's nothing there. Like, where the water would be, there's, like, almost nothing there. And kids are, like, playing in what little water is there. I'm like, that's gonna be your drinking water. Get out of there. And I don't think the kids realize, especially the young ones, don't realize just how serious this is. So, Jacob, Sarah, and Matthew are all kind of looking down into the ravine where the water was and just see some kids that are just throwing rocks and they don't understand how serious this is. Jacob mentions there's another town that has, may have water. We could go there. Matthew's like, that's a three, maybe four day trip. We don't know if they have water or how much they have. They could be in the same situation as we are. And Matthew's trying to get Jacob to see reason. It's like, yeah, we bring water back here for the, the livestock, you know, the animals and the crops. There aren't any crops because there's no water. And it's just like, and then what do we do? It's just, he, it, it, it almost feels like it's a currently a, a losing situation there's no he's not seeing an upside so Matthew tells Jacob and Sarah that he and Maggie have been talking about other ways and Sarah's like well what do you mean and she looks to Jacob and Jacob looks at Matthew and says I believe that Matthew and Maggie are talking about leaving so Sarah goes over to Maggie who's sitting in the wagon and Sarah's like, really, you're, you're leaving? And Maggie gets down and walks a little bit away from the wagon and Sarah goes with her, you know, tries to put a comforting hand on her and Maggie kind of, you know, moves away from her, like, I just need my space. So I definitely want to play this clip. Sarah is really, she... She's had it. She's she's done. She's over this lack of water. She just says how much she hates this land and how much Jacob and Matthew put into it and how the land gives them nothing in return. And even how Jacob says, like, his name is written here and Sarah says, well, mine isn't. She's just, she seems so resigned where before she was saying, you know, I'm not going to leave, Jacob. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going anywhere. And now I think it's going to eventually get to the point where Jacob is going to have to say, no, you and the children go to Maine. I will stay down here and hold the fort. You guys, it, it'll be safer in Maine. You'll have water. There's nothing here for you right now.
love it like Jacob, <laughs> like Matthew. They give it everything, everything. And it betrays them. It gives them nothing back. You know, Jacob once told me his name was written in this land. Well, mine isn't. It isn't. They don't know anywhere else. You know, you are like the prairie lark. It sings from high in the air to tell the other birds it's there. And then it drops to earth. But you have not come to earth, sir. You don't have to love this land, but if you don't, you won't survive. Jacob is right. You have to write your name in it to live here. You know, and Maggie also says that Matthew and Jacob, this is, this land, that's all they know. That, you know, they're, they've been doing this since they were kids. This is their whole life. They don't know any other job. Or, I, I, I'm honestly trying to think, and I can't remember if maybe this was done in a movie. Or if I'm thinking of another movie where... When Maine is actually brought up and the whole, like, oh, you can come to Maine and Jake would say, well, no, I'm a farmer. What am I going to do in Maine? Work on a, work on a ship or something? You just, I mean, my heart goes out to them. It really, really does. It just, it, it seems like sometimes, like, being a farming and stuff, it's a it's a gamble. You're you're playing with money and you, you're gambling. You don't know if you're gonna get a good crop or not. You don't know if there's gonna be a drought. You don't know if there's gonna be a hailstorm or a tornado that's gonna wipe everything out. So we see at least three barrels. They're back. You know, we're back at the farm here. We see at least three barrels that look like they're pretty much empty and this could very be well the one that Anna is getting water out of could very be one of the last there is a barrel right behind Caleb that has a top on it that is it's like this is it this is our last reserves for for everything for drinking water for the animals all of that and with it being hot and there's a drought and you know nothing but heat at that time, there's never going to be a moment where you're not thirsty. One cup of water is not going to last you an entire day. Like, you can't live off that one cup of water. It looks like they are getting rid of the dead trees and a lot of stuff, brush that was in that little fire that they had. Jacob and Sarah. So Jacob's at the well, and it's got like a little, from the, I'm trying to think, the, the, the pump from the well is sending water into a trough for the animals. But each day more water they use, the, the water line goes farther and farther. But it seems like Jacob Feels like maybe he's getting his hopes up a little bit as we hear thunder rumbling in the distance. And hopefully it's not just heat lightning or 
whatever Matthew comes by and I think he's trying to get Jacob to say, you know, face it. We're not getting any rain. You should follow suit like us because we're leaving. But Jacob's determined. He's like, no, I'm going to stay here. Apparently that thunder has been going on for all day, but Matthew's like, no, it's been going on for like months. Don't, don't kid yourself. That's not rain coming. So Matthew pretty much just came by to tell Jacob and that he and Maggie and the girls, the family are indefinitely, they're leaving. They've made that decision. And Jacob's like, that's okay. I, I, I under, I know. So Matthew leaves. We see, is this the same glass that was on the windmill that are right by it that Caleb had put up? Because it looks like he put it on uh, the top of a clothesline. And Jacob is so angry for the lack of rain and everything and what that cup, that glass represents. He just snatches it off the, um, the clothesline, the side of the clothesline there and just takes it into the house. Oh my goodness. So all of a sudden Anna is yelling, Papa, coyote. And we see a coyote drinking out of the trough for the animals, which Jacob doesn't hesitate. He gets, he runs into the house, grabs his gun. Of course, Sarah, who's been sitting at the kitchen table, doesn't know what's going on. She's like, what is it? And he tells her, stay in the house, Sarah, because we know Sarah's an animal lover. She's not going to be too happy with Jacob killing this coyote for drinking out of that trough. And we see Sarah have an emotional a breakdown. It's like the heat and just everything that Sarah's feeling is just, it's, it's overwhelmed her to the point she's hit her breaking point. I don't think he's interested in a baby cow. He just wants water. <coughs> Jacob, what are you going to do? Stay inside, Sarah. Jacob, no! No! No, stop! Stop! Jacob, don't do this! Sarah act like that. How long is it taking you to get that water for her? Come on, Anna. like Jacob here what he does he sees that Sarah is in distress he goes to her he takes her in his arms you know he's, he's down on the ground with her and just Sarah Sarah it's right it's wrong 
going to be okay. It's just, he, he comforts her like, you know, a husband should when his wife is in distress. It's just, and Sarah just, or just, oh my, I just, I feel bad for her. Just everything is just, she can't take it. And even Anna just looking at Sarah and check, she's never seen Sarah act like this before. But then again, they, I don't think Anna's lived through a, a, a drought before and seen a person act like this. So it's, it's like, no, you need to go get her some water. Well, it looks like in the next scene that Sarah is, no, she's fine. She's all right. So, yeah, Sarah's making the bed. She hears Anna and Caleb giggling. So she goes into the room that, the bedroom that they're in. And she sees them both looking out the window. She's like, what's going on here? And she peeks out the window and we see some people are coming to the farm. What's that about? Anna leads her to the top of the stairs, and at the bottom of the stairs, Jacob says, Happy birthday, Sarah. Ah, oh, they get a birthday party, and Caleb's like, There's presents, too! Well, the whole town, it seems, has come out for this event. <laughs> cool. Oh, what's that? They brought a Victoria. <laughs> oh, it's playing a record. Oh, that's wild. that the ants from Maine had brought down this nice uh, Victrola, the, the, the record and everything. It's like giving her a piece of home because with everything. It's like, yeah, she definitely needed that. She definitely needed that. And I like that Maggie and Matthew are still there. They haven't left yet. Like, no, we're going to be here for Sarah's birthday. This is so sweet. Jacob's you know, asking Sarah to dance, and then Maggie and Matthew, Matthew's holding his and Maggie's son, and they're everyone just starts dancing, and it's so sweet. So it looks like the sun's starting to go down, and most of the people have left. Anna tells Sarah that she has a gift for her, and <laughs> Jacob's like, hey, Sarah, check this out. Poor Caleb's falling asleep under the picnic table on the ground. Oh, my God. Ah, too much, too much dancing and fun. Knock that boy out. <laughs> so Anna gives Sarah a book, a book that Anna wrote about their family. And this is really important because this is something that actually carries on, not just into the next movie, but also into the final two books where Anna is 
the family historian, and then it moves to Caleb in the third movie, and then, of course, in the last two books, it moves to someone else. So, here we go. us, but she does not love the prairie. She tries, but she can't help it. She can't help remembering what she knew first. So I gotta say, definitely, I love Sarah and Anna's relationship now. It definitely has grown and matured since the first movie when Sarah first came to stay with them. Anna was really, she was against it. She was not receptive to Sarah's kindness, but... It just, it's so, and the way that when, when Sarah's reading the, the book, what Anna wrote, just saying, my mother, Sarah, and just saying about how Sarah doesn't love the prairie, she can't help it because, you know, she's still, she, she worded it so well. She can't help remembering what she knew first. I just, I, I like that. I mean, I think that goes with anybody, or even in, in my situation. I spent my whole life, all 38 years, in Michigan. And then coming to another state and just, it's like, I still, I feel Michigan is still, it's in me. It's in my heart. It's in my veins. It's just, it's still there. And it will always, it's always going to be a part of me.
no matter, you know, where I live. But that doesn't mean that there isn't room in my heart to, you know, love Texas. And I think that in time, I definitely, I will. I like how when Sarah also, she's reading what Anna wrote in the book. Jacob is standing just outside the door. And then after she's done reading it, you know, she and Anna hug. Anna goes upstairs. Sarah goes over to the door. And I like how Jacob and Sarah put their hands together, you know, with the screen door the screen of the door between their hands like that I really like that and that's when Sarah notices the glass is no longer there where Caleb had put it and Sarah says Jacob put it back so that way it'll be there when it rains and Jacob you know he agrees like yeah that it should be there I mean if anything for Caleb all right, so it looks like it's moving day for Matthew and Maggie. Aww. I know they'll be back. I know. They will. I'm sorry to be going. I'm going to be leaving you. We'll be back. I'll miss you. We'll be back. You will. I know you will, Maggie. stuff in their wagon too <laughs> that's gonna be hard because maggie is sarah's best friend that's gotta be breaking her right now oh my gosh is this still heat lightning again so lightning hit something i'm not even sure what that was was it a silo it looked like it was made out of like tar paper and brick or something at first I thought it was like a transistor. I'm like, yeah, but they don't have electricity. So anyway, lightning strikes it, starts a fire. Jacob, of course, is sitting downstairs flipping through then either the newspaper or a farmer's almanac or who knows. And, of course, at first it's, it sounds like, oh, that sounds like the pitter-patter of rain. No, that is fire. And he goes out and he looks. And the barn is on fire. It's like, we got to get those animals out of there. And he yells for Sarah. And they run outside. Because they got to save the animals. If they can't save that barn, they got to save the animals. That field is on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, you gotta get those horses out of that corral. Get them out. <laughs> those, like, sacks, like, that are all wet. Uh, that, no, that, that fire's too big. You are not gonna be able to just use those sacks. It's... <laughs> so...
Yes, get the cows out of there. Come on, cows. <coughs> How many horses do they have? That's a lot. <coughs> no, that fire is pretty much overtaking everything. No, it is. Ugh. It doesn't spread. Oh, and all that hay and straw. That's of course gonna ignite. Buckets of water. I don't even think that's going to help at this point. It is too... <laughs> she's getting the dang buckets, man. Uh, and she's spilling like half of it. There's not going to be much left by the time she... Uh. <clears throat> oh, no. That's right. Well, I guess then... The barn is a loss. It's a loss. At least you got the animals out. <laughs> as long as it doesn't spread to the house. <coughs> but the the barn is overtaken by that fire. That fire, that barn is going down. Is that Moonbeam? <coughs> yeah, there's nothing you kids are going to be able to do. I mean, that this is bad. I mean, there the barn goes down and I think even some of the field with the crops that weren't crops were mostly ruined but I mean I can only imagine what uh, fire would do to the soil and everything like that hopefully they can replant but and just I mean you see the tears welling up in Jacob's eyes and Sarah's eyes and Jacob's like I don't know what else to do it's like almost like the universe is conspiring against him. And Anna and Caleb are just standing on the porch and they're they're just like they're scared. I mean, the the barn is just it's going up in flames and it's just I feel for this family. They're they're hurting and it's a major it's a major major hit to them. Financially, economically, agriculturally, just boof. They can only ha uh, get, like, how much it's going to cost to make a new barn, to put up a new barn. Not to mention, I don't know if there were tools in that barn or other other things or the plow or, or whatever, but whatever's in there is a complete loss. All right, so it's, so it's daylight now. We see that the barn is a complete loss. There's nothing but burnt wood. I mean, the frame of the barn isn't even there. All you see is burnt charred wood. There are, now, most of the fire is out, but there's a few spots you can see that there are small little fires still blazing. Moonbeam and her mother, or whether Moonbeam is a male, I don't know. 
they're okay. We got like one, two, three, four, five, six chickens that look like they're doing all right. Hold on. Set. Eight chickens. Eight or nine. <laughs> the horses are doing okay as well. That's good. Jacob's sitting on a stump by the clothesline, just kind of looking at his loss. More than likely, I mean, something's going to have to be done with the animals. They can't sit. They can't be out in the open like that at night. I mean, you saw that coyote. So they're going to have to go somewhere. Odds are they're probably going to have to be temporarily placed at someone else's farm or something. You can see Jacob's face. Still got some soot. Sarah comes out with some coffee for Jacob. She's got soot on her face. Jacob's overalls are covered in black soot. So Jacob is thinking about all the what ifs, like what if I hadn't have been here, or what if you were left here by yourself without the with the kids, like what then? He's like I could have lost everything, like not just the barn, the could have the animals, the house, all of you. And he he's telling her at this point, he's like you have to go, Sarah. It's just not safe here for you know take Anna and Caleb and go to Maine. And Sarah's still adamant. She's like, no, Jacob, I'm not going to do it. He's like, look around, Sarah. There's no water. There's nothing here for Anna and Caleb. And he tells her, I can't have them here. But they, they can't go alone. So. And, and she tells him, I won't leave you. We're not going. She tells him, I can't go. And I'm kind of wondering if, I mean, you guys know. She is with child. And I wonder if maybe that could be a reason why she doesn't want to go. And he, he, he he's like, he is firm on it. He's like, no, you and the children have to go. And Jacob tells her, Sarah, this land is my life, just like your father with the sea. They're both crying at this point. He, and he tells her, like, I, I can't, this, I can't leave this land, but you have to go. And, you know, they're both crying and you know, he's embracing her. I could have been gone. I could have gone through water. This happened. But you weren't gone. We might have been here alone with the children. You have to go, Sarah. You have to take Anna and Caleb away from here. No, Jacob. <coughs> Anna, there's no water. There's nothing here for Anna and Caleb. I can't have them here. I can't go alone. We won't leave you. I won't go. I can't go. No. But you and the children have to go. You understand? <laughs> Sarah, this land is my life. Like your father, see. I can't go away from it. You have to. It's dinner time, and of course, Caleb is full of questions. He asks if, because clearly they know that, you know, the kids know they're going to be going to Maine with Sarah. And he asks, can we bring Nick and Seal? 
And Jacob's like, no, I, I think it would be better if Nick and Seal stay put. Especially, I mean, Seal, she's pregnant with her kittens, so we can't take a pregnant cat on a on a train to Maine. So, no, it'd be better for them to, you know, that way she can have her kittens comfortably. And Caleb asks Jacob, well, what are you going to do when we're gone, Papa? And Jacob tells him, well, I know I'm going to be missing you. That's for one thing. And Caleb is like, oh, Sarah, we can swim in Maine, right? And I'm like, um, well, it is summertime, right? With the drought and everything. So maybe, maybe the water will probably be freezing. I don't know. Maybe it won't be. Who knows? So at least it seems like he's optimistic right now. But it seems that, of course, maybe Anna's a little more reserved about it. So it looks like Jacob's getting ready to take the kids to the train. Sarah goes over to where the field is and kind of runs her hands through the dirt. It's almost like she's trying to take a, a mental picture in her mind and Jacob, you know, she says, Sarah says, you know, ask what, what'll happen to us. And Jacob says, well, we'll write letters. So it's kind of like how the first movie they were, you know, writing letters to communicate because, you know, that's really the only communication you could do back then was writing letters. So it's almost like it's kind of flip-flopping where we spent time in Kansas because that's where Sarah's journey was. And now we're taking Sarah and the kids, the kids are going to have the experience of being in a place that they're not familiar with. And Sarah will be the one going back to what she knew first. So, you know, we'll write letters. We've written letters before. And Sarah just, uh, her eyes are watering and they hug. And, oh. and they've been together, I'd say they've been together for at least two years now, right? I mean, if you don't count the time that they've been married, add maybe six months or so onto that. And it's got to be, it's, it's hard. The distance and stuff. It's not like they're going to be right up the road. They're going to be in another state. So I checked it here. From Kansas all the way to Maine, which is near New Hampshire and Vermont. It's 1,893 miles. Apparently by car, you can get there in a day and three hours. Wow. <laughs> a day and three hours. That's how much? Wow. That's a, that's, that's a long distance. You're going through what? Kansas, Missouri, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania. What is that one? I can't tell what that state. Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, all the way up to Maine. Maine looks like it's not too far from New York. Huh. 
Interesting. I didn't know. I didn't see. That's why I look at a map, and I can definitely see that. Like that is a distance. That is a major distance. You're not taking a wagon there. Let me tell you, you're taking a train there, because planes have not been invented yet. with Sarah, Anna, and Caleb, and Caleb is, like, looking out at the caboose. I guess you can go out on that little ledge and look at... He's amazed by how green... Everything is so green and, and lush and leafy and just... <laughs> where it's just mainly flatland in Kansas and there's nothing but, you know, dry weeds and stuff like that. He just... He can't get over it. Wait till he sees the sea. He's going to be like, whoa. It takes up my whole field of vision. So Anna's sitting next to Sarah, and she's writing more in her journal and passes it over to Sarah to read. And Anna's continuing about when Sarah came there, she wore a yellow bonnet. And she goes on to say about how Sarah brought her cat Seal, how the corn was so high, the wheat was yellow. Anna goes on to say how when Sarah was there, she taught them how the kids how to swim. And they laid down in the green pasture and just her early memories of Sarah. Anna continues saying how on their wedding day, Sarah wore a wedding dress that was as soft as the mist and how Papa cried and Sarah asks, did he? Did he cry? Anna nods, like, oh yes. Sarah must be early on in her pregnancy because she definitely is not showing. Anna gets her shawl and puts it over Sarah and then lays her head on Sarah's shoulder. This is, I love this, these mother-daughter moments with Anna and Sarah are just so precious because he had to work so hard to eventually get there. We didn't get it, of course, in, in Sarah Plain and Tall because it was, it was a new situation and everything, but it's just over the two years that we didn't see of Jacob and Sarah being married, Anna and Sarah's mother-daughter bond had a chance to grow. And if you think about it, Sarah is the only mother that Caleb knows. Did he cry? 
So we head back to the farm. Jacob's sitting on the porch. Nick is lonely. He misses the rest of the family. And Jacob is just staring at that glass, just hoping, like, come on, give me something, some rain. So the train stops in Maine. Sarah and Anna and Caleb get off the train, and they're just looking at all this lush greenery. We see people working on boats. It looks like there's also some, um, like, lobster traps or some wooden lobster traps. And you'd think the kids, like, landed on another planet because, you know, they've never been outside of Kansas. That's probably how I felt when I, like, went on a state for the first time. When I flew on a plane, we went to Florida. And just seeing how different things were with, you know, the weather being more tropical and everything. And just... So Anna looks a little unsure. She looks up at Sarah... And she's like, Sarah? And Sarah, I don't know whether it's just she's been away for a couple years and it's just being home again kind of feels slightly foreign to her or just maybe it's all hitting her all at once, just the familiar smells and everything. And it's just, it's so emotional. And Sarah says, it's all right, Anna. It's like you wrote in your book. I'm back to what I knew first. And we see a man who's fixing a car. Looks like he's there to pick up Sarah and the kids. Because he looks up and he's like, Sarah? And Sarah says, Chubbs. The guy's name is Chubbs! <laughs> well, he actually has a full name, but everyone calls him Chubbs. I can't believe it's her. It's been like a few years, uh, two and a half years. Like, Sarah Wheaton? Well, I'm gonna be like, eh, it's winning now, but... Oh, Chubb, yeah! She goes over and hugs him. She's like, oh, you're still here. And he's like, well, where else would I be other than dead? <laughs> and she tells him, well, it's winning now. These are my children. This is Anna and Caleb. So he asks if he calls them the aunts. He calls them, refers to them as the hens or the hens meeting you. And Sarah's like, oh, no, will you drive us? He's like, yeah, I can drive you. <laughs> Caleb just can't believe it. He's like, is this Maine? And Chubb, who's getting their bags, putting it in the uh, the car here, the carriage. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is Maine. <laughs> and it, this isn't, it's an, it's an automobile in a way, and it really reminds me of, like, when we went to Mackinac, and there were these, not a wagon, but it was being driven by horses, even though this is, like, an automobile, but it's got, like, a front seat, and it's got two back seats and stuff like that, but it's just the type of thing that you would sit on when you're going on a tour of, like, Mackinac Island in Michigan. Caleb is so ready. He is so ready to get in that, and in, into the sea, into the, he's like, can we go swimming now? <laughs> Like, okay, calm down, buddy. Calm down. You'll get there. You'll get there. We gotta meet the aunts. Caleb is like, I've never been in a car before. And Chubbs is like, oh, you want to drive? And Caleb is like, no. <laughs> He's like, no. And Caleb is like, I won't tell the aunts you called them hens.
just the... It's what you wrote in your book. I'm back to what I knew first. the house the house is gorgeous it's so big oh my goodness and all the trees around it just it is and the flowers along the the front oh it's just it's gorgeous Anna and Caleb are just so excited and Caleb's like look at the water look at all the water and Anna's like, oh, it's so beautiful. It is really beautiful. It really, really is. I've never been to Maine, of course. I've been to, let me see. I've been to Florida. I've been to Illinois, uh, Chicago a few times. Uh, Georgia, North Carolina, Wyoming, and Texas. Oh, and South Carolina. I love how Sarah runs down hand in hand with Anna and they're just looking at this wide open view of the water. It just takes up your whole field of vision. It's so beautiful. So glorious. That's right. That's how she refers to the arms. She says, come on, let's go see the treasures. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's another cookie. Oh, that cookie. I made 
<laughs> I love how they're getting bare feet. everyone down, huh? Caleb, you can go for a walk if you want. Down to the water. Take Brutus with you if you want. <laughs> he jumps over to the back. Of the for you. He's silly enough to swim in the cold water. Oh my gosh! The ants just fall in love with Anna and Caleb. You're like, oh, you want a cookie? I made that cookie. Oh, you want a bath? You want to lie down? It's like, okay. <laughs> So yeah, Maddie and is it Maddie, Harriet, and Lou, right? And Lou is the one in the overalls that comes in with Brutus the dog. She works for a veterinarian. And yeah, all the the, the ants have, have bare feet, walking around, no shoes on. <laughs> and I like that Anna is like uh, just amazed, like he's never seen someone walk around with, like bare feet. And it's just ah this Loving up on the kids. Like, oh, yay! We should get a kid. And now we have two. And immediately, it's like the fun that stops. And just awkward silence. So, of course, they want to talk to Sarah. They say, hey, Caleb, Anna, why don't you take Brutus out and go down by the by the water and, you know, have Brutus fetch sticks. I mean, he's silly enough to go into the water, which is really cold right now. So... Yeah, they're going to see how things are going with Sarah. Well, I wrote you a letter, but we had to leave so quickly I didn't have a chance to mail it. I wrote about the drought and the fire. And then the letter said that you are pregnant. Oh, she knows. Because she didn't say anything about being pregnant. Come, come sit down here, darling. <laughs> Dear Lou, see what you've done? I need my tonic. Lou hasn't done anything, Harriet. Sarah, is this true? <coughs> Lou, how do you know this? You knew, didn't you? No, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I suppose I'm... Well, there's a drought, and the prairie is all dried up, and a, a fire took the barn. And all that time, when the water was drying, and the corn and the wheat was dying all that time, all I could think about was a baby. But there was so much to do. There was so much to worry about. 
Very nice. But how do you know? There's a look about you. I can always tell by a dog's eyes when she's pregnant. guessing that Sarah was pregnant and Sarah goes on to talk about you know what she had written in the letter about the drought and the fires and everything like that and she had been thinking how you know much a baby would be nice and I guess and and she looks at Lou like how did you how did you know and Lou mentions about you see it in a dog's eyes and of course <laughs> it's like, oh, Sarah's no dog. Like, no, nah, but she's been around, you know, I'm sure it's a, a thing you can a sense about, you know, animals and, and people when they're uh, with child. So, and of course, you know, they ask where Jacob is. So now we're going to go back to the farm. We see Jacob is, there is one wall of the barn that is, it's charred wood, basically. It was still standing. I don't know how, but he's got the horses hooked up to be able to pull that last. Cause you gotta clear, you gotta clear out that mess and everything so you can actually have that spot to rebuild. You gotta get all the charred mess away. So yes, Jacob is keeping busy with getting stuff ready to go so he can rebuild. I can imagine not only does the barn need to be rebuilt, but any fences that were damaged. Probably even any field that was, that'll have to be turned over to hopefully get some rich soil. I mean, I'm not, I, apparently according to Jeremy, have farming in my blood, but <laughs> I'm just going based on guesswork. So, yeah, if you remember Jess from the first movie, he, I guess, is kind of a handyman looking for work and stuff like that. Um, he, I guess, had been to Maine at one point, and he was dancing when uh, they were at that church social dance thing, and Caleb was dancing with Sarah, and then just, Jess cut in and everything like that. Yeah, so he shows up and says, you know, I came to help, and Jacob says, well, Jess, I can't pay you. And Jess is like, I didn't come to be paid, I came to help. So definitely the, being neighborly. Like, he's like, I'm sorry about your loss and your troubles and everything like that, but I'm here to help. So Jess actually asked about the glass that's on the post, you know, Caleb's glass for when it rains. So I think this might be Harriet and Sarah are just sitting outside on the rocks just watching Anna and Caleb play down by the water with Brutus and throwing rocks and sticks and stuff. So Harriet says how, oh no, that's not Harriet, I'm sorry. That's Maddie. Ugh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so Maddie says how the children are just such sweethearts. They're beautiful. And Sarah tells her how it was really hard for Jacob to send them, to send us away. Well, and the way that Sarah's saying after the land, and it almost seems like Jacob is, the way she's saying it, like Jacob is putting the land before them, and Maddie tells her, 
No, it's more like he was putting you and the kids first over the land. So Maddie asks how long they plan to stay. My guess is once it starts raining, they'll head back. Once it's consistently raining on a regular basis and things start to get better, then they'll go back. So Maddie asks if Jacob will, Jacob will come to Maine, and Sarah says no, Jacob will write letters. That's how we'll keep in contact and everything. Maddie resents the letters like oh letters it was because of letters that you left and Sarah looks at her and says well who was it that told me to go <laughs> and Maddie says Sarah could never make you do anything yeah, maybe Maddie was a little sad that Sarah left you know leaving her behind like she's kind of you know feels like maybe she's stuck in Maine and you know Sarah's going on you know doing something, going somewhere, taking a chance, moving to another place and everything. She's But maybe Maddie doesn't have it in her to do. I don't know. And Maddie asks Sarah if she's sorry, like, if she's sorry that she left Maine. And Sarah says, you know, I miss the sea and the green. And she says, somehow it doesn't seem as green as I remember and the sea isn't as comforting. And Sarah says how she was frightened when she first left. Maine to go to Kansas, but Sarah says, I'm more frightened now. Sarah says, you know, I never knew. No one ever told me how hard it is. Like you're giving up your old life and what you're familiar with and taking a chance on something completely different. Oh, they are wonderful children. <laughs> yeah. It was hard for Jacob to send them, to send us away. That is life. After the land. Oh, there's his After life. Okay. Land, Sarah, it seems to me that what <laughs> Jacob did was to put you first, to send you here. He had no choice, Maddie. Oh, my dear. He had choices. <laughs> How long will you stay? I don't know. Will Jacob come? No. Jacob won't come. Jacob will write letters. Letters again. It was because of those letters that you left. And who was it who told me to go? <coughs> I. I could never make you do anything, Sarah. All I told you was, every winter, I watched the geese fly away to places I've never been, leaving me behind. I didn't want you to be left behind, too. Are you sorry? Sorry that I left here. I miss the sea. I miss all the green. Somehow it doesn't seem quite as green as I remember. The sea isn't as comforting. I was so frightened. I remember when I left here. But I'm more frightened now, Maddie. I never knew. No one ever told me how hard it is. To love someone. Is that William? Cold for 
children and my Aunt Lou swim here. And Brutus. Come here. He didn't realize he was talking to his niece and nephew. Sarah! I wouldn't try running on those rocks. Even those rocks look really slippery. <coughs> Would not be walking on the bare feet either. That is, ooh. You're home. <coughs> For a visit. Meg, you look wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this is Anna. Okay, it has been two years. Not here, back in Kansas. Papa's at home. Waiting for it to rain. to Anna and Caleb and it's an it's not until Anna looks at him and she's like William Uncle William and he looks at like Anna Caleb I should have known the first moment I saw you because yeah I'm Sarah's description of William was you know my brother's you know tall plain and tall like me so and you know the descriptions of the kids and he's like oh i should have known as soon as i saw you and sarah's coming down and because and, she and um maddie were sitting on those rocks and it's just like oh those rocks look you know wet and slick and and william's like what <laughs> bare feet and i'm just like oh you can't run on rocks you just eat those small rocks you can't do that so, of course, he's like, well, where's Jacob? And Anna says, Papa's home. And, of course, um, Harriet says that Seal is pregnant. Seal's going to have kittens. And I love Caleb saying, "Her the father is orange. <laughs> and William is like, oh, yeah, Seal, she's so independent, just like Sarah. <laughs> and, of course, Sarah goes over to Anna. Anna is really missing you know, her papa right now. So we're going back to the farm and we got Jess and Jacob are getting the lumber that's needed to rebuild the barn. <laughs> and Nick is just there. The dog Nick is just hanging out. I bet he and Brutus would get along. I bet they would. So it looks like we do have someone who is taking Moonbeam and her, her mother and maybe the father, I don't know, the milking cows, and he said, the guy says, I'll be by tomorrow for the sheep. So he's probably just, he's got a barn set up, like, I have room, I will take them until you get the barn built. I love that this community, they come together in hard times when a neighbor is down, you know, with the drought, and, you know, we got people that are leaving, that have left, we got someone who is determined to stay, and other neighbors that are also staying and waiting out you know, waiting for the rain, or just like, hey, I'll help you rebuild the barn, I will take your animals to my place, so they have a place to stay until the barn is built, and everything, so the, it's, it's just great, it's great how they come together. Oh, I'm sorry, actually, no, he's, 
selling off the the cows, but he wants to keep Moonbeam. Of course, I'm sure the kids would be heartbroken if they came home and Moonbeam was gone. Imagine, you know, he's probably selling some of the animals because, you know, where are they going to go anyway right now? And then that way he can use the money to rebuild the barn. So, all right, here is the first letter to Jacob from Sarah. And she's telling how, you know, we made it to Maine. The kids are happy. She says, the kids are happy. The ants have taken them over. And Sarah says, I fear that the kids will be loved to death. And she tells Jacob that Caleb, the kids are going uh, fishing with Lou and how Caleb is just so taken with the sea. And she says that Anna, to no surprise, is just kind of sitting and watching and listening, taking everything in. We are here now. Anna and Caleb are happy, but they miss you. The ants have taken them over. They will, I fear, be loved to death. They're going fishing with Lou tomorrow. Caleb is taken with the sea. Anna is, no surprise, spending her days watching and listening. We think of you every day. We miss you. Anna asks about Seal and Nick. Caleb wants to know if it is rain. I think of Moonbeam every day. Love, Sarah. Are you going to tell me? What did the doctor say? I'm fine. The baby's fine. The baby. <coughs> So yeah, we do see Jacob reading Sarah's letter while the men around town are helping put the barn to get the new barn together. And we go back to Maine. We see Sarah and Maddie. Maddie is just dying to know, like, tell me, what did the doctor say? And Sarah's like, well, I'm fine. And the baby is fine. And Sarah just stops and says, just an awe, just of being pregnant and carrying, you know, her and Jacob's child. And it's just, oh, I love it. Okay, so we're going to get a fun little montage here. And I love it because it's so musical. <laughs> I love how Brutus the dog is watching one of the aunts. Their bare feet moving the pedals on the piano. Oh, this, okay, so Lou is on the piano, and Harriet is on the flute. It looks like Maddie and Caleb and Anna are all putting together a puzzle. Sarah is resting and rubbing her stomach where the baby is. Oh! I love how <laughs> Maddie is just, like, getting up and dancing, and it's like you hear it, and it's a second before the kids kind of hear that noise that they haven't heard in a while. <clears throat> it's raining out there in Maine. Gosh, they've been without it for so long. 
just such an amazing sight. Yeah, and Sarah even gets up from the bed and is like, oh, it's raining, and the kids are outside dancing in the rain. wheelbarrow. Nana's jumping up and down and run. Oh. Dancing with Brutus the dog. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Meanwhile, back on the farm, there's no rain. There's just dust being picked up by the wind. And Jacob is just lying on his bed. He's got Sarah's musical Victrola playing that record from Sarah's birthday. No, actually, I'm sorry. He's not lying in the on the bed. He's actually sitting. Jacob's sitting on the porch in a chair, while the Victrola plays, and Nick is sitting at his feet. All right. So now we are going back to Maine. We got Sarah and the kids in the rowboat with I think either William or one of the aunts, and Anna is reading Jacob's letter. Now it looks like Seal had her kittens. She had four of them. Okay, so it is William and Well, he wanted to save something for the next letter. Can't put it all in one. <laughs> so you got a, quite a few guys here working on the barn as we go back to the farm. And it's coming along beautifully. I love it. So Sarah and the kids and William all come in and they are all, they're giggles. They're high on giggles. And just, Caleb's just like the funniest thing. <laughs> Chuck's secret? I will tell you Chuck's real name. You can blackmail. What's blackmail? A criminal act, my dear. 
Oh, Will. <coughs> yeah. Not much to laugh about, really. Oh, that was so cute. I just, I love the aunts with with the kids and Sarah. It's just, oh, it's so fun. And then now we're going back. Okay, so this is where Jacob is lying on the bed. <laughs> oh, I love how they have the picture of them from the beginning of the movie on the nightstand. And Jacob grabs the picture off the nightstand and he's just looking at it and probably just saying, like, gosh, it feels like so long ago that picture was taken. You know, and he's missing his family. He really is. And they're missing him, too. The distance is just, and the time, it's just really hard. So, it's, oh, they're having a cute little campfire. Oh, that's right, and the fireworks. So, this got to be right around early July. So, Caleb asks, which I've been told that's a personal question. You don't ask that. He asks Aunt Harriet if she's ever been married. And Anna's like, Caleb, that's personal. <laughs> yeah, and Harry says, you know, Anna, that's okay. I mean, yes, it is personal, but it's also history. And she sets Caleb on her lap. She says, no, I never got married. Almost, but not quite. And Sarah says, yeah, Anna's our family historian, as Anna is writing in the book, just adding to more times that uh, the times that they're having there, so that way they can look back on it. Yeah, Harry says, "Well, I didn't meet a dashing young man like your father." And Caleb asks Harry, "What's dashing mean?" And Lou's like, "Dashing? That's what I'm doing. I'm going skinny dipping." <laughs> and of course, the elves are like, "No, not in front of the children. It's like it's dark out." <laughs> she turns and says, oh, you want to come? I'm going skinny dipping. <laughs> he's like, no, not in front of the children. Caleb, he's like, no clothes on? You mean you're going to swim home naked? <laughs> he's running after, oh my goodness. <laughs> Apparently everyone goes skinny dipping during that time. It's nice, cozy by the fire. The aunts have, well, except for Lou, have um, their shawls on to keep warm. And it's just, it's nice. Caleb runs over and is like, Anna, Anna, come here. In the moonlight, she looks like a big fish. <laughs> Caleb is just having so much fun there. Maybe <laughs> Sarah and Anna are laughing. Sarah's in bed reading Anna's journal 
And it looks like Caleb maybe he had a bad dream. He's missing his papa right now. So Caleb climbs into bed with Sarah and he tells her about the dream, how Papa couldn't find us. He tried to, and he looked and he looked and he just, he couldn't find us. And Sarah's like, oh, Caleb, your Papa knows where we are. Caleb says, I used to dream about rain, remember? But now I dream about Papa. Oh, buddy, he's feeling homesick. He misses his Papa. And Caleb asks, is this our new home, Sarah? And Sarah starts humming, humming a song. So Caleb writes to Jacob and tells him Chubbs' real name. And also says that the ants go skinny dipping at night. And, and he says that Aunt Lou, Aunt Lou is not skinny. <laughs> uh, oh, they're not celebrating the 4th of July. They're celebrating the town's 200th birthday. I don't think the kids have ever seen fireworks before. I don't think. So William and Sarah reminisce about when they would sit there on that bench up by the house and watch and wait for their papa's boat to come in. And then they would run and tell their mom. And Sarah brings up a song. Like, you remember a song that she used to sing about a Skylark? And I'm thinking of, uh, the, the, the movie title is Skylark. 200th birthday. That's a fine thing to celebrate, isn't it? Yeah. How many years have we sat right here and watched the fireworks? <sighs> Too many. <laughs> Is there anything else to be done, Lou? Nope. This is the last of it. Remember, when we were little, we used to sit here and count out the fish. <coughs> we wait to see his boat coming and run up the hill to tell Mama. Well, 
Do you remember Papa singing oh, song there's the her Papa, okay. <laughs> I only remember the first line. Like a skylark, Sarah sings. You never stayed still, you know. You were always in the trees, climbing rocks. He used to call you his skylark. And he said you'd never come down. remember when he was happy before mama died and then you only had me and the treasures <laughs> only you don't you know you were my hero <laughs> <laughs> and the ants and the ants were like the sea always there <laughs> always surprising always different always the same almost like Sarah, Jacob could work here with me, <laughs> not the farm fans. William, if you knew Jacob, you could see how that cannot be. So yeah, William and Sarah are reminiscing about their their parents and after you know their mother died sarah says how she doesn't remember her father ever really seeming happy and how sarah says after that you know she basically had william and the treasures as they call the aunts the aunts and william is the one that suggests you know jacob could come here and work with william and sarah says well, if you knew Jacob, you'd know that that would never happen. That couldn't be. So now we're going back to the farm. <coughs> oh, what's that, Nick? Sounds like rain in a glass. It's raining finally. <laughs> it's a downpour is what it is. About time. <coughs> Those poor horses don't have a barn to go into yet, I don't think. <coughs> oh, look at that glass is getting filled up. <coughs> I bet if he had a cell phone, he'd take a picture and send that full glass out. To, look at this glass, Caleb! It's filled! It's full! Oh, he's sitting in, I guess if you want to call it a driveway. He's sitting on the ground and just soaking up that water. Oh, my gosh. Look at it. The glass is like half full already. Oh, my gosh. All right. It's time for the fireworks celebration. The 200-year anniversary of the town. Caleb's feeling sad. Poor guy. You know, Caleb, 
very smart man. Oh, I can't fight that. <laughs> you know, I, there's something different about you. I swim better here. <coughs> Salt keeps me up. Maybe, maybe it could be that. I think there's something else. I told you my real name, didn't I? <laughs> oh, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> I looked a little nervous. But now you owe me a secret. I only know one. Oh, no. Don't tell me the one about the hens swimming in the buff at night. You know that? Nobody knows that. <laughs> Dirt with him. Aww. Brought a piece of home with him to Maine. Caleb's just kind of sitting by himself on the bench and how, you know, he's missing his papa. And Caleb brought prairie dirt, dirt with him. And I'm trying to think why he said something about, I don't know if he said he swims better, like the salt keeps him up. Oh, okay, like floating, okay. Because at first I wasn't sure. I was like, okay, he said swimming. He didn't say sleeping like the salt keeps me away. No, okay, I get it now. So, yeah. And, you know, Chubbs gets it, you know, he, that Caleb misses his pa, and Anna misses him too, and it's just, yeah. And, of course, he was talking about a secret, like, I already know, and when he's like, oh, the aunts told you my real name, and Caleb kind of, like, side-eyes, I'm like, ah, don't hurt <laughs> don't be angry. It's like, oh, no, no, no. So he's like, all right, you know my secret, so you got to tell me a secret. And it can't be about the, the aunts swimming in the buff at night. <laughs> and Caleb's like, you know that? And Chubb says, everybody knows that. <clears throat> and Chubb's, like I said, I guess it's Caleb's secret is that he, he misses his papa. <laughs> they just love, and I love that Anna says the fireworks remind her of the sunflowers at home. And we go to the um, the train, and guess who's arrived? Jacob's here. And, of course, Chubbs is there, and <laughs> Chubbs knows, <laughs> remember, Caleb told him Chubbs' his real name. Taxi service, then. I'm Chubbers. Chubbers. Horatio Barrow Bell. 
Oh, okay, so Chubbs was just, that's his job to ferry people from where they need to be with the uh, little taxi service. And Jacob comes up and asks where the Whittings live, and he kind of probably figures, okay, this is Jacob. So, yep, he's like, oh, get in, I'll take you to him. <laughs> and you know Chubbs goes to... Chubb goes to inter, uh, introduce himself and shake Jacob's hand. Jacob is like, yeah, I already know your name. My son <laughs> Maddie? Someone's here. Because they don't, they don't know that it's Jacob. Maddie, come quickly. <laughs> And Jacob's just taking it like, oh, so this is the sea. Interesting. As much as Sarah's talked about it and stuff in her letters. Which is hats with Caleb. Those <laughs> <laughs> He puts his other hat on to Caleb's wearing two hats. Caleb. <laughs> no, they want to be alone, buddy. said it was cold, but didn't say it was so beautiful. <coughs> I love you, Sarah. There are things that can't be written in a letter. I'm not good with words. <coughs> You're fine with words. <coughs> I never thought you'd come. I dreamed about it at night, when the sea sounded like wind in the grasses. I thought about it at night when Caleb had bad dreams. I saw your face everywhere, Jacob. Everywhere. I'd look at the sea, and I'd see your face there and in the sky. And I looked at Anna and Caleb, you were there. Once in the street, I saw somebody that looked like you, and I rushed after him. Once I... 
met the train because something told me maybe you'd be there. But I never thought you'd come. Here I was like a child, come home to my beautiful sea, and I should have been happy, but I was frightened. I, mean, I am frightened because this terrible love for you is so strong. I've never known such a thing before. Hello. I never thought you'd come. They're catching you, Logan! Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> kids are coming up from being down by um, the water and Caleb is the first to see Jacob and he just starts running for his papa and then Anna also comes up and he picks them both up in his arms and looks at Sarah and he only says one word rain <laughs> so then we see Caleb and Jacob sitting on the bench, and of course, he's talking about the fireworks, and of course, the next question Caleb asks is about Moonbeam, like, how big? And Jacob's like, uh, big. He says, big like you, Caleb, and restless like you. <laughs> I love how Jacob takes his hat off, puts it on Caleb's head after he takes off Caleb's hat, puts it on his head. So Harriet, of course, comes over with... Maddie and Lou and asks if Jacob wants anything to eat and he's like no 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 I'm good thanks so and Jacob is just like oh those sounds like you hear the the water coming in the seat coming in and just the sounds of the horns on the ships out on the water and it's just just like Sarah would describe in her letters and just to be able to actually be there and just hear all that and it's just it's like her letter just coming to life like so Sarah takes Jacob down by the water, and Caleb, of course, starts to go, and Anna's like, no, no, they need to be alone. Jacob takes his, which is Caleb's hat, and puts it on top, so Caleb's got two hats on his head. So Anna pulls Caleb away. It's like, Caleb, don't worry, they'll be back. So Jacob and Sarah are down by the water, and Jacob is saying, you know, in Caleb's letters, he said it was cold, but he didn't say how, how beautiful it was. Jacob turns to Sarah and says, I love you, Sarah. 
and then he tells her there are some things that can be can't be written in a letter. And of course, Jacob says what we, what Sarah and us already know, that he's not good with words. And Sarah says you're fine with words, and she says you know I never thought you would come. Sarah tells Jacob how she saw his face everywhere, how uh, the sea sounds like the wind through the grass and. You know, she thought about him when Caleb was having his bad dreams and everything. And she's, she says, you know, I'd see your face in, in the sea and, and in the sky. And she even says, like, she went to the where the train was thinking he might be there. Or there's a guy from behind who looked like Jacob and she almost kind of went after him. And she knows. I mean, her life is in Kansas now. And I like how she words... You know, I know why I came back here to Maine. I came back to say goodbye. And she, and he didn't know she was pregnant. And she says, I want our baby to be raised on the prairie. She even says, you know, looking at Anna and Caleb, I, you know, I saw you and them. And just, and she just keeps saying over and over, like, I never thought you would come, you know. And she says, I came here to Maine like a, like a child to the sea and everything. I should have been happy, but I, I was frightened. And it's just like, I get, she kind of, you know, she's, she's settled in Kansas and that's her life. And it's just like going back to what you once were after a couple of years, you realize you're not that same person anymore. It's like you started a new life in your new place. And it's not that you can't exist in two different places, even though the part in one place is the past past you and then your new place is more who you are now in the present and will be in the future so it's not like two parts of you can't exist in two different places because i think they can and she says i am frightened because this terrible thing this love i have for you is she says i've never known such a thing it is an amazing feeling and an emotion to love another human being almost as much or even more so than you love yourself and to even think to fathom that that is even possible. And I'm not talking about a love that a mother has for a child. I'm referring more to a love that a person has for their spouse. It's the inkling to know that you can love a person that isn't a part of, you know, your own creation. Like that. I mean, but, mm. and he kisses her. And like, Caleb's like, they're kissing and hugging. And Chuff is like, great. And Caleb's like, they're doing it more. It's like, good. All right, now we're going back to Kansas. We're going back home. The kids see Moonbeam and they see the house and the, the new barn. I really, I don't know how long they had stayed in Maine. I would guess maybe a couple months. It's still summertime. Maybe they stayed till the end of summer.
Oh, that new barn looks gorgeous. the kittens in the background. Fun, uh, everything's fine. We got a level in the stock pond. Look, Sarah, orange. <laughs> oh, the Weeks kittens. The field. Can you stay for supper? Uh, thank you, but I got a mare that's about to fall. <coughs> Maybe another day. You see those kittens? Good to have you folks back. Let's <laughs> talk you might be selling. What? No, Jess. Selling, nope, mm. they're there to stay. Oh, not the orange one. The orange one's gonna stay there. <laughs> oh, Sarah's gonna stay. Take that stick and write her name in the. Ah, oh, just like how Caleb did in the beginning of the movie. Writing her name in the land. <coughs> yes. Oh, the kittens are so cute. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jacob takes Sarah's hand and they look out. Oh, there's the, the end. The end. They look out at the land. Oh, beautiful ending. So, yeah, they come home. The barn's done. You see Moonbeam. Jess comes out. Of course, he mentioned something like, oh, I heard you were talking about selling. And Sarah's like, no, we're not selling Jess. And Jacob's like, no, Jess, we're staying. We're not. We're definitely not selling. And of course, as soon as Jess says, there's kittens up on the porch. Anna and Caleb like, like jump onto that porch. And Anna's got the orange. Like, Sarah, look, orange. And you hear the kittens in the background. It's like, oh, kittens. Oh, they're so cute. And Jess says, you know, I think we'll be interested in one of those kittens. So, hopefully, I mean, we don't see, we don't see Maggie and Matthew in the third movie. More than likely, I'm sure they came back. Because they are brought up in the books. In the last two, in the last two books. I don't remember if they were brought up in the, they weren't in the third movie, but they, maybe they were brought up in the books. They might have been. It wasn't very long ago that I read them either, so. But that is the movie. Oh, I had such fun with it. I know I played more clips than I did with the last one, but there's just so much in this movie. It's just so gorgeous and beautiful. The dialogue, the acting, the scenery, just everything. So 
absolutely beautiful. And that's why I love this trilogy. And I can't wait to dive in to Winter's End in March, towards the end of March. So, all right, everyone have a safe and good rest of the weekend. And I will be back in March with Winter's End. Bye-bye.